Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Dr. Charu Agarwal. I'm the Leslie Heisler Associate Professor for Lung Cancer Excellence at University of Pennsylvania's Abramson Cancer Center. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Dr. Patrick Ford, as we discuss uh, results and new data from uh, recent medical oncology conferences, including the World Conference in Lung Cancer. But before we begin, I'd love to introduce Dr. Patrick Ford. Welcome, Pat. Hi, Dr. Agarwal. It's great to be here. Um, so I'm an oncologist at Johns Hopkins, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to discussing the uh, the recent data from World Lung. It was a it was a very busy meeting and lots of new data to to plow through. Definitely. So I thought we will begin with targeted therapies. These uh, therapies have completely revolutionized the way we treat patients with advanced metastatic non-squamous, non-small cell lung cancer. And uh, there have been recent developments uh, that continue to improve our ability to personalize therapy. I think the breakthrough news, of course, was the FLORA2 trial. Um, this is a trial that I think needed to be done. Is there benefit of adding chemotherapy upfront in combination? with osimertinib, a third-generation TKI in patients with uh, metastatic EGFR mutant lung cancer. Only sensitizing mutations were included, uh, that is exon 19 and 21. About 557 patients randomized to receive either platinum doublet uh, chemotherapy with pemetrexid for four cycles of, or osimertinib alone. And as we saw, uh, PFS, which was the primary endpoint, was improved in the chemotherapy plus osimertinib arm with a hazard ratio of 0.62. Overall, I think benefits seen in every subgroup, including ones with uh, CNS metastases. Uh, low overall rate of receipt of second-line therapy, I thought, and AEs were significant with 48% discontinuation rate in the arm of patients that received osimertinib and chemotherapy. Patrick, what was your impression of this trial? Would you incorporate it into clinical practice? Yeah, I think you've summed it up very well there, Charu. Um, I think there may be selected patients who will benefit from this, but I think it's going to be a, an important discussion to have with patients because we're definitely going to add some toxicity. And the question is whether we can um, can modify patients' um, uh, a longer-term survival as well. And now... We don't yet have any signal of overall survival from the study. The, the hazard ratio for PFS was significant, but as you said, with added toxicity, there may be some subgroups who derived more benefit, perhaps those patients with more aggressive disease or with brain metastasis. But I think longer-term follow-up is probably needed from this study in order for it to become a routine um, uh, management strategy. I completely agree. I think definitely a signal there, but not a home run for all. I'd like to turn to repotrectinib, a very select subgroup of patients with ROS1 fusions. Uh, this is a novel uh, TKI. Uh, we saw results from the Trident 1 study that evaluated the activity of this agent in both pre-treated as well as TKI-naive patients. Uh, median PFS for this was almost 36 months, durable intracranial activity, very manageable safety profile, 
and when I say manageable, I want to be mindful that it's consistent with previous reports. And I think this will be uh, approved and available for use um, by all of us because it's pending FDA approval potentially late November, early December. Uh, Patrick, would you incorporate this into your practice? Yeah, I think the results were were very encouraging. Um, really high uh, response rate, close to 80%, very long duration of response, and, and also significant um, intracranial responses. And I think it's going to be one more uh, a really good option for these patients. Um, a rare disease, obviously, but a significant number given the overall um, the overall incidence of lung cancer. And I think it'll be it'll be very welcome to have an FDA approval soon. Absolutely. And I think as we learn more about emergent resistance patterns, this will be a great drug to have in our armamentarium. Chrysalis 2, uh, keeping in the theme of EGFR mutant lung cancer, Chrysalis 2 was a subset of the amivantamab and lazertinib clinical trials that evaluated this combination in, with chemotherapy in patients post-progression on a third generation or an oral TKI followed by chemotherapy. Smaller subset of about 20 patients, primary endpoint of overall, primary endpoint was looking at adverse event profiles, overall response rate of about 50%, noted in this category, median PFS of 14 months. Again, this is technically a third-line regimen, and we saw safety uh, data, not surprising, but, you know, the usual, what we would expect with amivantamab, uh, lazertinib, as well as the chemotherapy. And then the phase three Mariposa trial is going to uh, address um, this question in further detail. I personally have ex have. Uh, put a lot of patients on uh, these clinical trials. And I think that this, while represents a good option, I feel like the toxicity is something that definitely needs a lot of supportive care. Patrick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, the big questions there, as you said, Char, are going to be with toxicity and also the frequency of infusion of amivantamab. I think a lot of patients who have been on a TKI, they're used to relatively infrequent visits to the clinic. Um, so it's somewhat a change in their in their lifestyle as well. Um, but I think overall, similar to a lot of the studies we're seeing presented, it's, it's important to get these initial data so we can build on them and, and, and hopefully and design more registrational studies going forward. Absolutely. I think a lot of movement in the third line space. We'll discuss a little bit more in detail with ADCs. Uh, but while remaining on the theme of chrysalis, you know, chrysalis study, of course, has several different cohorts that have been studied. One notable cohort that was presented uh, was amivantamab uh, monotherapy in patients with met exon 14 skipping mutations. And this is not surprising because amivantamab has activity against both EGFR and MET. And the they reported overall response rate of about 33%, 56% in treatment naive, and 46% in those who had not received a previous TKI, 19% if they had received a previous MET-TKI, certainly offers us an option for met exon 14 skipping mutations. I think it's encouraging data to see that if somebody's received capmatinib or tipotinib, perhaps we can go on to this next. Thoughts? I agree. I agree. I think this is a specific population of patients. Many of them are older. Um, so there's so there's definitely a balance between um, uh, between aiming for a response and also management of toxicity. But I think it's encouraging to have a potentially one more option for these patients in terms of targeted therapy. And I'll briefly move on to KRAS uh, G12C TKIs. At this year's World Lung Conference, we saw updated data 
from Crystal One, uh, which is looking at adagrasm monotherapy. Two-year data looks very um very similar to what we would expect, you know, that there's no new safety signals that have emerged. Uh, the overall survival is holding up at about 12 to 14 months. And the same for Code Break 101. And I think while nothing new to report, what I'm personally looking forward to in the KRS space is how do we move these drugs up into first line, as well as how do we combine them? I know there has been concern about toxicity with combination. Patrick, where do you think we will go with these drugs? Yeah, I think it's it's been a challenge in, in particular with sotorasib, trying to um to combine it with immunotherapy. And um I think we're seeing activity in the second line. Um and as you said, no major updates here other than confirming that activity. I think the question is whether there's a new generation of these agents which can perhaps be at least an incremental benefit. We saw a recent publication with Divaracib in the in the um, New England Journal of Medicine, perhaps suggesting slightly higher response rates. So I think it'll be a very exciting space over the next couple of years. And I and I hope that at least one of these agents will successfully uh, migrate to first line. Definitely. I think uh, lots to look forward to and watch in this space. I'm going to move our discussion to antibody drug conjugates. This is a space that was previously um, not occupied, you know, in our medical conferences, but really but has become a cornerstone of all meetings. We're learning a lot from the breast world. Uh, but antibody drug conjugates are, I think, going to be a game changer in terms of our delivery of cytotoxic chemotherapy for patients with actionable mutations. There were two major updates in terms of targeted therapies, Herthina Lung 01 was a study evaluating pitrutumab deruxtecan, again, HER3DXD. Overall response rate, we saw about 28%. Again, this was a strictly third-line study in patients with EGFR mutant lung cancer following post-osimartinib, or a third-generation TKI, as well as post-chemotherapy. And I think we're seeing PFS of about five and a half months here. Um, and I think more to come uh, with this agent. Anything to add, Patrick, uh, your experience with this? Yeah, we've uh, been involved in some of the trials. I think one of the encouraging things is, is that we also see some, some intracranial responses. They reported about 33% um, intracranial response rate. So though these are relatively large molecules, um, there appears to be some, some activity in the brain, which is key for some of these mutational subgroups. Absolutely. And I think that's one critical need. So thank you for highlighting that. Another ADC that was discussed was um, trastuzumab deruxtecan. This has already uh, become standard of care in the breast cancer world, but in non-small cell lung cancer, I think this is increasingly important as we recognize more patients with HER2 mutations. And we saw um, available data for uh, continuing uh, responses as well as overall tolerability. I have incorporated this into my practice in the second line setting. Patrick, have you used this drug much? What is your experience? Yes, yeah. So I think since the approval, we've we've been it's been our preferred agent in the second line setting. We had been using um, TDM one in uh, given that it it had an NCCN guideline uh, recommending it for that population. But I think since the approval, it's become the preferred agent. And the data presented that were along were encouraging uh, response rates in the region of fifty percent and uh, manageable toxicity, significant but manageable toxicity. And I think. And this is a good drug for these patients, um, given that we haven't had really tolerable small molecules thus far for this population. 
And then I'll end with two novel ADCs uh, that are being combined with immunotherapy and or chemotherapy. Uh, so sasituzumab as well as datopotumab. Uh, so the Evoke True trial and the Tropion Lung O4 trial. I think these are both drugs that are uh, going to read out with results in the second line space. Uh, but we saw some preliminary activity of these agents either in combination with pembrolizumab on the Evoke O2 trial trial or in combination with a platinum as well as dervalumab as in for the uh, tropion lung for trial. And again, I think very small cohorts of patients so far, uh, the safety signals look as expected. And I think we need more uh, longer follow-up as well as larger patients to review this. In any case, I think antibody drug conjugates are here to stay. Uh, more data coming up, but overall a very promising meeting. Thank you, Patrick, for sharing your insight on targeted therapy. Um, this was a great program. Thank you. Yeah. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.